Hello, thank you for tuning in to the Her Redemption podcast. My name is Jennifer Joseph. I am a pastor, a wife, a mother, and a businesswoman. I'm so excited that you've joined us. The purpose of this podcast is to help you live in total and full redemption through Christ Jesus. So let's talk. Today we'll be discussing looking for love in all the wrong places. And this is day number four devotional from my book, Her Redemption, which can be purchased um, on my website, which is www.jenniferjoseph.org. Again, the website is www.jenniferjoseph.org. All right, ladies, so, and gents, I'll be reading for you uh, from John chapter 4, verse 7 to 26. If you have your Bibles, feel free to read along with me. If not, that's quite all right. I will read it for you. John chapter 4, verse 7 to 26. Verse 7, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. Verse 9, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that ask you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can't see that you are a prophet. I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. All right. And that is the entire uh, chapter that I wanted to read. So it is my belief that every single person is born with an inner void that only God can truly satisfy. Some search to fill that void with alcohol. Some search to fill that void with sex. 
Some search to fill that void with music, with drugs, thrill, partying, you name it, and the list goes on. All of which only fill the void for a temporary moment. I mean, we've all been there where we just feel, felt this emptiness and we just go around in the world searching for different things to fill the void. And while they grant us temporary satisfaction, we end up back at square one where we're empty and we're searching again, right? And it just leaves us sometimes feeling emptier than before. This woman in this chapter had been with five different men, y'all, five different men, yet was still thirsty. And not thirsty in the literal sense, but in the spiritual sense. She still was searching. She still had a void. The presence of Jesus brings light to sin and pushes us to deal with those inner demons that we try so hard to cover up. It is only when we are willing to admit that we are thirsty that we can then be given water to drink. And that is the living water through Jesus Christ, which gives us redemption, which frees us, which truly is the only thing that is um, sufficient enough to quench our thirst. And I think that it's important for us to not neglect our inner beings. Your inner being needs food and water just as our physical bodies do. I mean, if we don't eat, how do we feel? We feel weak. We feel sluggish. And so just as our bodies need food and water, we must daily feed our souls with the word of God. The word of God, as indicated in the Bible, is our daily bread. It is foolish to fatten the flesh, yet starve the spirit. You know, which part of your inner being needs the most cultivation? When you think about your spiritual needs, what do you need to strengthen in this season? And that's a question that I have for you. Which part of your inner being needs the most cultivation? And when you think about your spiritual needs, what do you need to strengthen in this season of your life? When have you been feeding, where, excuse me, have you been feeding, where have you been feeling weak spiritually? So that's three questions for you. Which part of your inner being needs the most cultivation? When you think about your spiritual needs, What do you need to strengthen in this season of your life? And question number three, where have you been feeling weak spiritually? And I encourage you to truly answer those questions and work on them because we all have areas that need work. And if we neglect those areas, those issues will only magnify. They will not go away. Amen. So. Have you ever held off on doing something very important that you had to do simply because you were too afraid of the possible outcome? I know I have. I've done that a million times. Um, Heck, I did that today. I avoided looking at my bank account because I spent way more money than I was supposed to while on vacation. But if you ignore something, guys, it's not going to go away. We have to tackle things head on, right? 
Some of us tend to avoid going to Jesus in fear that he'll bring light to situations that we are not quite ready to deal with yet. I mean, the fact of the matter is we know that there's an issue there. We know that we have a problem and it's something that we need to address, but we sort of delay it because we don't want to deal with it. I am sure that the woman at the well felt uncomfortable having to hear Jesus discuss her not-so-flattering lifestyle. But the only way to fix a problem is to address it. So what problems need to be addressed in your home or in your life? Perhaps you and your spouse or siblings or parents have unaddressed elephants in the room. I encourage you to list a few of them and then write out a plan to talk about the hard stuff. Because you know what I've realized? Yes, sometimes tackling things and discussing them are difficult in the beginning, but the outcome is so much greater. One, you free yourself. Just sort of letting it out there, it really gives you a chance to exhale. And... Now we've sort of shed light on all of those things that were in the dark, and now we can deal with them. Perfect example, if you are feeling symptoms, you're feeling sick in your body, and you go to a doctor, you go to the doctor because you're searching for an answer. You want a cure. The doctor asks you a series of questions before he can deal with your issues. And the questions that he asks you and the answers that you give will determine what your diagnosis will be and what treatments you will need in order to take care of the issue that you have. But if you are not open to answering those questions and shedding light on what your symptoms are, you may be misdiagnosed or you won't receive help at all. So in that same light, in our own lives, in our personal lives, be it spiritual, relationships, anything, it's important for us to shed light on those issues so that we can deal with them head on. The passage concludes with Jesus and the woman discussing worship. The woman was forced, focused on the place of worship, that she missed the true meaning of worship itself. We must understand that God cannot be put in a box. Where we worship is not what matters. It is how we worship that matters. God is not concerned with your location, but is rather concerned with the condition of our hearts. Jesus is more concerned with the matters of the heart than he is with our location. It is fraudulent to worship a God that you are not in relationship with. He desires for our communion with him to go beyond the temple. It is when we are in relationship with Christ that our worship is in spirit and in truth. Have you ever encountered someone who was caught up in all of the wrong things as it pertains to worship? It's kind of like this. When we get so wrapped up in tradition we get so busy with going through the motions that we forget to deal with our real issues. For instance, um, I, I have a routine, right? I have this sort of 
morning regimen, if you will. Um, and so whenever I'm sort of going through the motions every day, whenever I sort of get off track or my routine is sort of disrupted by life, I get out of whack. I sort of get um, discombobulated, if you will. And it ruins my entire day simply because my morning was not initiated by my routine. And when we do that in the spirit, we in essence are telling God that he can only manifest and operate in one specific way. God wants us to get to a point where we don't allow for the, um, how do you say this? The, we don't allow for um, things in life to impact us, but that we rather impact life. In other words, we need to get to a place where we allow for God to manifest himself in, at any point, in any condition, and in any manner. We have to not be so accustomed to routine and tradition that we are unable to detect and identify a move of God in a different facet. We need to get to a point where we understand that we serve a multifaceted God. We serve a God who is able to turn any situation around. Because the Bible tells us that everything works together for the good of those who love the Lord. So even though things may not go the way I wanted them to go, I have to trust and believe that it will work out for my good. Amen. So this woman was just so stuck on tradition. Meanwhile, her life, you hear me, was jacked up. She's worried about where we worship, but she has five husbands. Sis, you worried about the wrong things. And sometimes we all do that. We're worried about the wrong things. We're so caught up in tradition, but our lives, our spirit, our hearts are not the way that they should be. And so I encourage all of you to focus on your heart, focus on your life, focus on your family, focus on your inner spirit man, the things that matter, and trust that God has everything under control. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to spending this time with you again on the next podcast. Thank you for tuning in to Her Redemption. I'm Pastor Jennifer Joseph, and you can keep up with me and the things that are going on in my ministry and in the community at www.jenniferjoseph.org. Take care and be blessed.